the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. The word says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. gather together this morning because you have drawn us to yourself and we once were formerly lost in darkness, dead spiritually, but you, by your amazing grace, have given us life in Christ. And we come and gather together as believers in the Son. And Lord, we recognize that your desire is that there would be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation that would surround your throne throughout eternity, singing your praises and knowing the greatness and the goodness of your character, eternally overwhelmed with joy and love, love inexpressible. And so, Father, we thank you that this morning we have an opportunity to see how you are working in our midst and in our world to take this will of yours and make it a reality throughout all eternity. So, Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to gather in Jesus' name. And this morning we ask that you would do a unique work in our hearts and in the life of this church. And we pray expectantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a Sunday that we've been greatly looking forward to with uh, much anticipation. And that is because we have some very special guests that have traveled literally all the way halfway around the world to be with us this morning. And I would like to, to tell you uh, just a little bit of background before I bring up our special guest. Uh, back in 2007, Doug and Melissa Matthews became part of our church. We started hearing about this ministry to an unreached people group in India called the Banjara Indians. Uh, we heard about the very difficult circumstances, uh, poverty in which they live in, but not only a physical poverty, but much more seriously, a spiritual poverty in that almost none of these people had ever heard. And then, then what happened is we had the opportunity of having Srinivas Nayak. Uh, he was the, he's the general secretary of the Global Banjara Baptist Ministries. He made a visit here to the States, came to Waco. Some of our folks had a chance to meet him. He did this twice. 
And we heard more and more. And God was at the same time working in our midst, expanding our vision of seeing the gospel go to the world. And this small little church meeting in the middle of a wheat field captured a vision that God could use us for the forwarding of the gospel to places that it had never heard the name of Jesus in an authentic way. And with that, then, uh, we had an opportunity of sending over Willie Gomez, a photographer. And he went and he took literally thousands of pictures and brought them back so that we could see it firsthand. And once we saw these pictures, Willie and Kathy then went back over again. We heard more pictures. Uh, We developed a relationship with Srinivas and meeting with him, talking with him, hearing about his ministry among the Banjara people. And as God was moving in our midst, we really sensed this is what the Lord would want us to do. And so what happened is uh, last year, around this time, Dr. Mike Harden and I went over to India as kind of an exploratory trip. Uh, Mike actually saw all the 270 students, established kind of a medical evaluation for all of them, started addressing needs that these kids have in a school. They have a school at that time, had about 270 students. And I had the privilege of going over and training the pastors and evangelists and church leaders among the, the Banjara people there at a conference, establishing clearly how do we truly know that Jesus Christ is God and what is it that we do as pastors and have the privilege of seeing a lot of different baptisms of people coming to know Christ among the Banjara people. And that's what brings us here this morning. This morning we actually have Srinivas Nayak and his wife, Sujatha, with us, all the way from Hyderabad, India. And I'd like to have him stand as, as you, could you also stand, Sujatha? They are here. We, let us give them a warm fellowship welcome. We are so glad to have you, and, and Srinivas this morning is going to bring the message. So Srinivas, if you would like to join me up here, uh, this is a very unique opportunity. I had the privilege of going and ministering in some of their villages and some of their churches and with their pastors. This morning, it is a distinct privilege for me to welcome you to Fellowship Bible Church to bring the word, to share your heart. Thank you, Pastor. I didn't expect a laugh. I expected a namaste back. So, I'm so glad and thrilled to be here this morning and overwhelmed with the honor you gave to me and my beloved wife, Sujata. So, thank you so much. We don't deserve this. We really don't deserve this. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my privilege to be here. It's my wife's privilege to be here. We were born in small, tiny villages. Even you would not see any map you find. India's district map or even a county map, if you look at you would not see the names of the villages we were born. But God, the Lord Jesus Christ, brought us all the way here to stand before you. Praise his name along with the extended family here. His grace is unlimited. This morning, I would 
like to share update what the ministry going on among banjara and thank you pastor grant for giving that uh, well fitted introduction i believe that gives you all the background in other words he has disappointed me some because i wanted to say most of that part so uh but anyway that saved me uh, my time and gave me a few minutes to talk uh, more about banjara and uh, uh first i would share few uh highlights of my current our current trip in veco you know uh don't uh, every time don't believe pastor grant and dr mike because they they just uh, put me in such a suspense and uh, when we just arrived here including small kids would know would say to us you know where you're going tonight where no we don't tell we are not supposed to telling you and the host the youngers we were uh, uh, staying this week they would talk a lot and it just created a situation what these folks are going to do with us <laughs> and uh, dr mike hardin along with his uh, two sons we drove we went to chopatli what's that how it chop chopotli chopoli chopoli and we had a nice mexican dinner and then drove to a big uh, open ground and there i i was just i saw the tent and then slowly dr uh, mike was kept asking do you know where we are going do you know where we are going and i had no clue and finally uh we ended up watching the rodeo that was our first rodeo and a thrilling experience of course many times i was so nervous looking at those people those texan cowboys uh putting their life at risk and really we enjoyed and dr hardin kept me asking are you ready to go are you sleepy you want to rest then no i said no no i want to stay till the end of the show and we stayed and we really enjoyed and thanks a lot for everybody uh, who did that and our buddy uh, mr gomez did something else and they made the announcing of our name and saying here is srinivas from hyderabad india and they were saying stand up stand up so we had to stand up and that was such a great honor and we were told that only maybe mayors when they come to watch uh, they will be just given such honor but uh, again you honored us beyond we ever deserve so once again fellowship thank you so much thank you for everything you did thank you i would like to share a story uh what god could do in a there was one young 
a little boy born in one of the Indian villages and he had a dream that in his whole life he would visit Hyderabad, the city of Hyderabad at least once. And he was having that dream because he lived in a village where there was no electricity and where there was no roads, proper roads and uh, he had not seen a motorbike or a car, nothing like that. And uh, he kept hearing the stories about Hyderabad, how roads are so smooth there and how nice and uh, even during the nights you will see it is just like day, making the electricity lights, making the city so bright and so many wonderful things he was hearing from those people would go find some work in Hyderabad and uh, they would uh, basically do the rickshaw pulling. If you understand that tricycles, uh, men will, will pull to transport people, like uh, the present cabs, but they were man-pulled rickshaws. And uh, all he was dreaming uh, to go at least once in his lifetime visit Hyderabad. He had no opportunities to go to school, but uh, finally he ended up uh, completing his 10th grade, that was the uh, school final in the country, and then he happened to go to Hyderabad uh, to continue his studies. And there he stayed with a family uh, who was nicer like you and opened their home for this boy and uh, uh, provided the opportunity, paid his fees, school fees, and provided him the uh, lodging, boarding, and everything he needed to continue his uh, studies. And also, they did a wonderful job of introducing Jesus to that young man. And that young man had embraced that God's word, and with the miracle of the saving power of Jesus Christ and his word, he got saved and he started serving the Lord and today he stands before you. See, I told you, a country village, he had only the dream of visiting the Hyderabad city, which was only 130 kilometers away from his place. That was me, of course. I would just make it in my uh, first person. But God is so gracious. He could uh, bless if that boy could trust in Jesus. He could bring him all the way around the globe to the nation of United States. And uh, this is my fifth time coming back to U.S. And uh, God has given wonderful uh, partners uh, like Fellowship and few others like you who really uh, work very closely with Banjara people. And this morning I would like to share with you from the uh, scriptures uh, where, where Brother had read it, Ephesians 2. I'm a little bit nervous uh, to share the preach the sermon because I am not used to, to preach in English. So you would have to do two jobs. 
One is fixing my English. If I spelled it wrong, if I said it upside down, you uh, correct it. And also follow me what God is trying to teach us through this small man. So let us have a look at uh, Ephesians 2. I'm not uh, a big scholar like your pastors. I'm a learner. I'm a student like you, like uh, many of you in the uh, member body. So the insights which God is teaching me and what God has laid on my heart and what where God is leading me to to lead the Banjara uh, ministry, GBBM, and where we are heading to glorify his name and expand his kingdom in that part of the world. So a few thoughts I would uh, share with you. Would you join with me in prayer, please? Lord Jesus, I come unto your precious feet. Submit myself, humble myself before you and deny myself and exalt your name. Speak to us, to me and everyone here through your word. Let me or anybody here do not dare to steal the glory belonged to you alone. Speak to us, O Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. I would share a few things with you. Banjara people uh, in India, in population, they are more than 50 million. And it's a large people group. It's a, uh, a wonderful ethnic group, you can call. And it has a language, spoken language, but no written language. And uh, the scriptures are translated into uh, Banjara are only the New Testament and Book of Psalms. And they don't have much opportunity. And Banjara people live in small villages, and uh, there are nearly 100,000 estimated Banjara villages all over the country. And 12,000 villages are in the state of Andhra Pradesh, where we live. And uh, the gospel might have reached, and we don't have exact information, but uh, roughly estimated number could be hardly 1,500 to 2,000 villages might have heard about Jesus. They don't have believers in all those 2,000 villages and churches, but they might have only heard the name of Jesus. And many times when we go reach these people, they would say, if we ask someone, do you know Jesus? They would say, what is that? Because they have not even heard the name and they don't know that Jesus is the name of a person even. So that is the poverty Banjara people are having. And uh, along with Banjara, there are so many several other groups or similarly uh, under that condition and situation in India. And here, 
we have people, those who have lots of opportunities and we have so many ways to learn about Jesus and we know Jesus for generations. And I'm glad to share with you that me and my wife both are first generation Christians in our uh, families. So I was the first believer in my whole village and not only in my village but uh, in all those villages surrounded uh, maybe in the whole county or even our neighboring county there was no believer. And when I became a believer I had to go through lots of persecution from my family members because that was very new to the whole community. Jesus and Christianity was just whole new stuff to them. And they could not uh, tolerate it. And uh, if you have an idea about Hinduism, Hinduism has four main castes. And the Christianity is considered as the religion of low caste, lowest caste people. And Banjara people fortunately do not fall uh, on any of these castes because they are considered as the tribes. So tribal people do not fall in any of these castes and the Banjara people would consider themselves that they are above these low caste people social, so, uh, in social status. So when I became a believer, my parents become very mad. My family members become very mad and they literally thrown me out of the house and uh, almost two years uh, they did not have communication with me. They would not allow me come home. Even if I went home, nobody is talking to me and uh, I cannot just explain how much agony that was to see nobody is talking to you and uh, that your own father and mother and your own brother or sister. And by God's grace, it took 10 years uh, to see uh, my parents got saved and other family members got saved. And today, both my parents are with the Lord and they died as believers. And that gives a great peace in mind and uh, a joy too. And that's the greatest thing. I had opportunity, see God uh, gave me few exceptionals where I led my wife to Christ and even I led my mother to Christ and uh, I was privileged to baptize my mother uh, when she uh, confessed her faith. And uh, uh, like that, like me, there are so many first generation believers go through lots of persecution and that is very normal in the part of the world we live. And you are so privileged people here and I am here to take you all to India. And we have only six people signed up to go to India in November. But uh, I was asking Pastor Grant and uh, Missions Chair and others that uh, plan more trips in year 2012, and you could all uh, come to India. If you want to taste 
okay, maybe some of you would know my wife cooks wonderful food, Indian curries. And if you really want to have real Indian, uh, what do you call, food kick, come to India. What she cooks here, still she reserves uh, that uh, when she could serve you when you come over there. So, you come to India so that we all together serve the Lord. And the point I am trying to bring, bring this morning is, I'm just trying to compare, and I believe, I hope you would not misunderstand me for doing this. Here, you people are overwhelmed with the gospel and opportunities. You have lots of things. Every corner I go, I see a church, I see a Christian center, and some sort of thing. Everywhere we see uh, the symbols of Christianity, showing that the evidence of the gospel is there, and abundant gospel is available here. But uh, the other side, there is no one to share the gospel. There is no one to talk about Jesus and share his name, share his love to the same people who deserve are going there and you are coming over there and who deserve to learn the name of Jesus and experience his love and become the part of our family. So, this morning, what I was just uh, uh, I'm trying to do here is, in Ephesians 2, I love the part here is, I'm, I'm uh, looking at my Telugu Bible. Telugu Bible, and uh, when I speak, I would interpret my version of English. So you need to correct, uh, look at your Bibles and make it uh, rightly. So I would not have enough time to uh, use uh, the English Bible and uh, read them and say it uh, rightly where you are used to. But I will be just saying, basing on my version here, Telugu version. I, I love here the part, the verse 4 and 5. Here he says, God was full of compassion. So he was so compassionate to show his love upon you, Paul says, that is me. He was so compassionate to show his love because I do not deserve to have his love. I believe you understand between the difference between grace and mercy. Do you? Yes. So, uh, just for few, those who are young people are here, if you don't know, the mercy, God's mercy means God is not giving you, that is the punishment which you deserve. Mercy is something you are not getting the punishment you really deserve to. And grace is the God giving us the privilege which we don't deserve to. So that is the difference between mercy and grace. And when I learned that, for many years uh, in my Christian life, I thought both are same. Maybe they are synonyms. They are just giving two different words to express the grace. Kindness. 
compassion. But when I learned the two differences, it has lots of meaning in it. See, God is not sending us to hell, though we deserve it. And God, in His grace, taking us to heaven, though we do not deserve it. So, that God's grace is shown in this scripture. And if we understand, in the first part of the chapter, in the beginning, Paul says, you were like this. How were you? You were dead in your sin and in your transgression. He says, you were. But today, how many of us are still dead? So, that is what I want you to think. Are we really, the, the verses explaining here, is it only a past in our life or still it is a present? If it is a present, then we are abusing God's grace. We are abusing His love and His grace. So, Paul was writing to Ephesians and saying, you were like this. Once you were disobedient. Once you worshipped Satan. Once you belonged to the body which did not belong to God. The family did not belong to God. But in Jesus Christ, by His grace and mercy, you are brought into His family. And we are here, those who received Jesus as our Savior, are part of His body. And we are supposed to be living for Him. And here, from verse 1 to 10, if you take it a gist and if you want to say shortly, God saved us with His grace. And He saved us to do good things for His glory. And that is the purpose. And today, we are in a world, uh, we experience all extremes. So, one side extreme poverty of the gospel, and one side extreme abundance. And one side extreme uh, love for Christ, people would really love fully, and the other side who would be very arrogant or uh, deliberately disobeying God's word. So, uh, I want to encourage you to look at that. And always I tell the young people, I mean young men and women, and most of our congregation are young people and women. Because the literacy rate among Banjara is very low. It's only 12% adult literacy recorded and 3% women literacy among Banjara is recorded. And that's the reason we, are, we started a school. And thank you so much, those who are having a child you sponsor at Alathaya Banjara School. And you are going to see in a few years that how his word is going to bring a great change in those 
young people's life. And uh, it's a living for Christ is a battle. It's a battle. And uh, we got to win it. And Paul says, uh, of course, he did, uh, did not mention those things, but uh, uh, many times I would illustrate it this way. See, I had two dogs, and both dogs do not love each other. I was uh, uh, Sujata, and uh, I was at uh, uh, Brother uh, Mr. Griffith's uh, uh, ranch, and there we saw big uh, dogs. They looked like uh, lions. And uh, Sujata was so scared because it was not my first time. When I was there for my first time, it was uh, I was like that and uh, uh, nervous, but uh, I'm used to, so it was fine. And here, man having two dogs and both fight each other. And which one will win? Which dog wins? There was one white dog and black dog. Which dog will win? There is. You have any guess? Quick, excuse me? Biggest one? We don't know which one is biggest. So, the one which is fed well, the dog which is fed well will win the other dog. And in us, we fight, always fight, uh, have a fight between two natures, the flesh and spirit. And both will fight each other. And we are like uh, the umpires or the uh, coordinators. We, whoever wins, the re- result and impact we go through. We are, we are the beneficiaries. Are the, uh, see, we face the consequence. If your white dog wins, that means the spirit wins over the flesh. If the black dog wins, that means the flesh won over the spirit. And we have to struggle for this every day. And I want you to take it as a challenge and choose to live for Christ. And Jesus, while he was talking to his disciples in Matthew 10:28, he says, Fear not those who could only harm your body. Fear not those who could harm or give hard time or persecute only physically. But my version says, tremble to the, or have a great fear to the one who could uh, punish you physically and also who has the right to put your soul in hell. So that is, we are supposed to fear God. But many times, because our love for the world, and because we feed so much our black dog, and we, many times, though we want to, we, though we want the, our white dog win, many times we lose. Because, our love for the flesh, our love for the uh, world. And if we are kept doing that continuously, that would lead to nominalism. And maybe your children, your grandchildren, 
would start say, oh, once upon a time, my grandpa was a Christian. I was told that he used to go to church. And there he had some fun stories. So we should not bring our generation to that kind. And Paul mentions in Act 13.36, says, David served his own generation and then slept. That means, David did his job. He has fulfilled his job. And we are here to serve our generation. And we are responsible to preach the word to every individual God brings us across. Make sure that they hear from you and me the gospel he has entrusted to us. The joy of salvation he put us in. If we are not doing, if we think of being so polite and thinking too much worried about what they would think and they might get offended, uh, I might be offending them and that kind, you are actually missing your job. You are not doing right. So talk to your friends. Talk to your neighbors. And you may seem like a fool. Yes, Paul says that. Unto those who are not saved, yes, I look like a fool. Because I always talk about God. And if I don't talk about God, he says, if I don't preach the gospel, oh, unto me. Does not that same scripture apply to me and you? If we do not preach the gospel, is it not O unto us? Would not the curse come upon us? And let us take the gospel to our neighborhood, to our Jerusalem, to our Judea, to our Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. And if we fear to few things, uh, if we fear to the flesh and physical pleasures may have to be left, we lose the spiritual blessings. And one thing I want to remind you, it's not that uh, you don't know. Your decision, your faith in Jesus will decide your destination. So what do you do with Jesus will decide where you live in eternity. And what you do on this earth, what you do on this earth will decide how you live in your eternity. You get me? Your relationship, your faith with Jesus will decide your destination, whether you live in heaven or hell. That depends on how you have the relationship with Jesus. And what you do here on this earth, every minute, every action, every day life is counted and that is going to result us for our eternity. The consequences and benefits are going to be faced in eternity. So, how you spend your life? How do you want to use your time? 
how you want to use the resources God has enabled you and blessed you with. And there are people, those who have not heard the name of Jesus even once. And here you sit, you know lots of things. I believe the congregation, the member of this family, fellowship, are equipped better than many of our pastors and evangelists back in India. Because they have no opportunities to learn. And being discipled under the servants like you have, you are so privileged. And you can do a big difference in the parts of the world. God bless you. Well, I, I want to tell you here, and as Mike is making his way up here, I hope you are listening and allowing God to do his work in your heart. What will you do in this generation? Will you be like David and be able to say that you had fulfilled what God has called you to do? And part of that is always to assess what are my next steps? How do I respond in light of God's word and his work in the world? And today is such a unique opportunity that we have, an oppor- we have the privilege of having Srinivas stand in our midst as a testimony that God is working in a place that is very dark in this world. And that work continues. And God oftentimes desires to do his work through his people. And we know Christ and he has blessed us. And so let us consider individually and as a church what will be our next steps to bring the gospel to a people in great need. Let's just close in prayer here, okay? Lord, I want to thank you for the great privilege it is to have Srinivas come and open up the word, to share his heart, that we might see not only how you have brought the gospel to him, but it has borne much fruit through his life and his wife, his family, his parents, extended family, his village, and the villages that are surrounding him. And now it's moving on even to other states. You who started a good work, you said, I will bring it to completion. So that is our great confidence. And this morning, we ask, Lord, that you would also have us consider, what will you do with us? What are our next steps to be people fully devoted to you, to see the gospel go? throughout the ends of the earth, that people might be discipled in the relationship with the Lord Jesus and know him in fullest measure. So thank you for the privilege of hearing from your word and hearing from Srinivas in his heart this morning. And we give you all the praise and glory and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Srinivas, I noticed that uh, you were pretty impressed with the um, opportunity you had at the rodeo. Oh, I did. And I, I, had to, I sat next to him and I was trying to explain those things to him. Now, when I was over in India, uh, he threw some curveballs at me, I guess. I don't know what else to say. It Like, you know, like I'm 10 o'clock at night, we're finishing up dinner. I think I'm done teaching for the day. And he uh, takes me into the village where he had somehow gathered all the people. And after he made a fool out of me, I'm doing all this banjara dancing and stepping on these ladies' feet and really feeling bad about all that. I'm sweating. Just, I'm sweating profusely. I'd run a half marathon. And then uh, 
he, uh, I'm standing up there and he goes, now preach the gospel to the village. And I, and, uh, I was like, really? Well, how long do I do that? Well, you know, like a half hour or so. And so, okay. So, you know, when you're at the rodeo, I was thinking, I could imagine maybe cheer with the folks in between the different events at the rodeo. Mm-hmm. That would have been kind of equivalent there. But we, we decided we'd do something else. Uh, I knew how much you liked watching those rodeo riders, especially those bull riders. Mm-hmm. We have the privilege of allowing you to ride one of those today. All right? Oh. And that's what the Bunjara Banquet is all about. All right? So everybody wants to No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I, you should have seen his eyes. Now, what are they I, doing? Oh. Now I understand. Oh. <laughs> No, we I'm not scared now. We would, but you know what? We, you're not scared? Well, if we strapped you on to 2,000 pounds worth of dynamite, you, you might think differently. Okay. We do want you to be ready, though. We do have something that we... Uh, uh. All right. There you go. Do I look okay? I'm asking my wife. Uh. Yeah. Okay, so now you know how I was all decked out with certain attire from India. Mm-hmm. I now expect you, when you go back to India, to be wearing that, okay? And yeah, see how that's going to work would. in the village, okay? Yeah, that will certainly draw it attention. protect me from heat. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or anything else they might be throwing at you. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you don't have to be ashamed when you've no. got a hat like this. No. Uh, we, I'll tell you what, it is so, we are so privileged to be able to partner up with you to see the people, the Banjara people, come to know Christ and to grow deep and mature in him. And we're, uh, we, we want to talk just to make sure the whole church knows what's going to take place here in just a few weeks. So, Mike, you want to share a couple things about what's going to take place with the team and going to India here? Um, one other thing we want to present you with, uh, Srinivas. Uh, you guys maybe saw this a few weeks ago when Alton Jones showed you what a proclaimer was. We have four of these right now for Srinivas, and we'll be taking more with our team. I'll turn it on, but as Srinivas mentioned, uh, the literacy rate among the Banjara is very low. Uh, proclaimers are for illiterate societies, and they don't have the gospel in their language or in a written form, and they are pre-programmed with the gospel and with the Bible. Um, they can, uh, you can hand crank them, or you can put up the solar panel, and then you can I don't know what language that is. Is it? Telugu. It's Telugu. So we have one in Telugu, and we have uh, we have two in Telugu and two in Banjara mm-hmm. uh, that he'll be taking with him. And so these are proclaimers that he'll take over. What they do is they do listening groups uh, where they sit and do a Bible lesson, and they can talk about them. Is that right? That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So we have those for him to take over. As you guys may know, we'll be sending another team over to India in November. There'll be six of us going this time. Uh, Matt Reynolds will be the pastor on the trip. Matt's going to be teaching uh, the pastors in homiletics. And so will be teaching them basically how to take a passage and teach and do a sermon from that passage and basically bring out the basic points and how to teach from that passage. The other thing we'll be doing as well, we'll be taking a medical team We'll be seeing all the students again and follow up, but this time we're going to open it up to their parents as well. So the parents are going to come into the school. And, and the way we see this is, as you know, this is a Christian school in an area where there, there's a beginning to be a Christian presence. And so this is a chance to validate the ministry that goes on there. This is to put hands and feet to the gospel and the gospel presence in that area. So we've seen the parents. We have no idea what's going to happen when we do this. This is opening Pandora's box. So we'll see what happens when we do this. There will be three of us on the team. 
for that, it'll be me, it'll be Jason Bryant, uh, and Ashley Carter, who's a nurse. I don't know if Jason or Ashley are here. Ashley, you stand up. So Ashley Carter will be with us as well. Uh, Jessica Meehan, I don't know if Jessica's here this morning. Jessica, if you can stand up real quickly. Jessica is going as our ESL specialist on the trip. Uh, the kids who come from these homes come from homes where they speak Banjara in the home. Uh, and as Shunav said, many of the parents can't read or write. When they come to school, they learn at least two, maybe three languages. They're taught in English. They also learn Telugu, which is the state language, and they learn some Hindi as well. They're having to learn English script. They're having to learn Hind- uh, Telugu script and a little bit of Hindi as well. The teachers come from the city. Uh, not necessarily skilled in teaching other languages. So uh, Jessica is actually going, and she's going to be training every single teacher in the school in ESL and teaching them very basic techniques of how to teach second languages. So Srinivas is thrilled about having uh, this uh, uh, teaching time there. Uh, and who else am I missing? Uh, Chris Blocker. Is Chris here this morning? I don't know if Chris is here or not. I wasn't planning on doing this. So Chris Blocker uh, is a professor from Baylor Business School. His specialty is in uh, rural development and poverty assessment. He's going to lay the groundwork to do a rural assessment and poverty development among the Bajara. So he's going to be meeting different key people uh, among the Bajara in different villages to do some of the initial assessment there, eventually to work among the Bajara to help relieve some poverty in that area as well. So that's kind of our plan for this trip. Uh, we have no idea what's going to happen, but uh, we'll be telling you more about that trip as, as we get close. And as you know, we have had the privilege of being able to sponsor children for that school. One dollar gives them the best meal, perhaps the only meal they get, covers all their education experiences, their uniforms, backpacks, supplies, books. And if you saw that school, it's like when I was telling Mike, it is, it's kind of just like paradise in the midst of the desert. And so if you would like to be a part of that, I, I know that many of you sponsor two, three children, uh, but if you'd like to join in with that, you will notice out in the foyer, you can just pick up information there, and they make it very simple, and $360 will cover that. Uh, we have also, I think all of us know at Fellowship, we have the privilege of supporting four pastors, and how we do that is we get them started in a small business that allows them to support their family, and in return allows them to go and minister in these different villages to be the presence of Christ there. And so I just want you to know and let you know how much we appreciate your faithful giving. Your giving allows us to have these kind of ministries to accomplish this kind of work. And so uh, anytime you would like to give to these purposes, we want you to know we are heard.